Luke chapter 1, verses 57 to the end of the chapter. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much that you have given us your word so that we can know you and understand more about you. We pray now as we read your word that you will speak into our hearts and lives, that we might know you better and be more like you. We pray this in your name. Amen. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he's to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbours were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about it, about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he has said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Please keep your Bible open at Luke chapter 1. And uh, let us bow our heads and pray. Excuse me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we can meet together today to listen to your word, to consider it, to study it. We pray that you will indeed be at work in all our hearts. Guide all of us as we listen. Guide me as I speak. And grant that your Holy Spirit may be powerfully at work through his word today. To your praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Well, what a joy it was to have the baptism of John earlier on. It was a lovely time. It was great to hear his testimony, 
And uh, his favorite Bible verse from the Psalms, I must admit, I think it's one of my favorites as well. So I was very glad to see that. Uh, today, we are studying Zechariah's song as uh, we have it here in Luke 1. I want to point out that this was preceded by the birth of the one who we would call John the Baptist. Uh, the son given to Zechariah and Elizabeth was this child. The custom in Jewish homes was somewhat different from us, from our customs. Uh, in that, uh, the baptism boys were circumcised eight days after birth, which was also the moment for the naming of the child. Uh, in fact, exactly as we find here in verse 59. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. Indeed, it was a somewhat controversial issue what exactly his name was going to be. Normally, you just took the name of the uh, senior father uh, and made a connection with that name. But no, said his mother, he is to be called John. And uh, they said to her, Look, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. So shouldn't you change it? You can imagine the situation, can't you? I mean, all the rallies are there in force. And uh, they, they really want the normal thing to be done, not this rather revolutionary thing of changing the name as she has done. But uh, they decide the only way to solve this, to sort this out, was to... Uh, to find out what Zechariah wanted to do. Uh, and to do this, they had to do signs. They had to use sign language. They made signs, verse 62, to his father to find out what he would name the child. Why did they do this? They did this because when Zechariah was on duty in the temple, and he and Elizabeth were longing for a child, but were well past it, the angel Gabriel appeared to, uh, to, to uh, I'm sorry, Zechariah, and said, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. And he gave him the promise that they would bear a child. Uh, but they, um, but Gabriel didn't, uh, couldn't believe it. It was just too much. So I am Gabriel, said Gabriel to him at this point. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. But now you will be silent and unable to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. This amazing message, personal message from the angel Gabriel, he ought to have accepted it quite simply uh, and straightforwardly. But no, you did not believe my words. And as a result, he can't speak. Uh, we might say Zechariah has been muted. And he couldn't uh, speak to the other people there. He had to make signs to them. Uh, and he, so the only way for him to do this, the question of uh, the name of the child, uh, was for 
Zechariah to write, to write it down. So he asks for the iPad. I'm sorry, not the iPad. It uh, says in verse 63, uh, he asked for the writing tablet. It's not that far off, is it, a writing tablet? Uh, anyway, he asked for the writing tablet, and on it he wrote, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was opened, and he could speak, and his tongue was set free. And what was the first thing he did when he was allowed to speak? The first thing he did was to praise the Lord. He began to speak praising God. The first thing he said was praise. Uh, there's lots about the Lord in this prayer, in this song. Uh, initially, there's relatively little about Zechariah's son. Because he draws attention not to himself, but to the Lord. Zechariah speaks like a prophet because he is filled with the Spirit, verse 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. And we're going to take the song in two sections. The message of God's power, 68-75, and the ministry of God's servant, 76-79. So first of all, then, the message of God's power. This was indeed a highly significant moment. Essentially, he is saying that the Lord is intervening. He's intervened in our lives, that's Elizabeth and Zechariah, and he's intervening in the lives of his people. He is working in power, the message of God's power. 68 said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. The older version, if you remember that, and it used to also be in the prayer book, uh, was, for he, that is uh, God, has visited and redeemed his people. I rather like that. I mean, come is okay. That's what's happened. He's come to his people. That's fine. But uh, visited is just a little more vivid, isn't it? Particularly at this sort of time of year, you know, when you've been planning all those visits and trying to fit them in, trying to get people to agree to come and see you when you want them to come and see you and not when you don't want them to come and see you. Uh, it's very difficult planning Christmas. But uh, anyway, it's the perfect moment for the Lord to break into the lives of the people of Israel. They have languished in defeat and in exile. But now the Lord has come to them. He has visited and redeemed them. Edward explained to us earlier that redeemed uh, means buy back something that was originally yours. And that is what the Lord has done. Uh, I remember hearing the story of uh, a, a little boy who had a homemade wooden boat. If you've ever tried making a wooden boat, get one that will actually float uh, is a big challenge. But um, this little boy, had, no doubt with the help of his dad, had uh, made this, this wooden boat, just a small wooden boat, one that you float on a lake, not a, one you get into. And they made this, this uh, boat, and they were going off to... Uh, to float it, and it did, it floated, it was on the water, and it was tremendous, and the boy was very excited. Uh, and, and then some water came round the corner rather fast, and it carried this boat off, 
And much as the dad and the father tried to find it again, they could not do so. Until one day, a few weeks later, the boy was going past a shop and he saw in this shop, he saw his boat. And he said, this is amazing. So he went in there and he said, look, um, uh, that boat, it's, it's, uh, it's my boat. And the owner of the shop said, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll believe you. Um, uh, and he carried on with something else. And the boy said, look, he put his hand in his pocket, I'll pay for it, I'll pay for it. Here we are, I've got a pound, it's my pocket money for the last three months. Would you, would you um, accept that? And the, uh, the, the, the shopkeeper, all right, yeah, get him out of my hair, uh, paid the, accepted the pound, and uh, the boy went out. He was just absolutely delighted. It never occurred to him that he shouldn't be delighted. He was delighted. And as he walked along, he actually started talking to the boat. And he said to me, said to, to, to the boat, you're twice mine. I bought you, and now I've bought you back again. You're twice mine. I rather like that. So that's redemption, isn't it? Buying back. So it is that God has bought all who believe, bought us, we're believers. He's bought us back. He's paid the infinite price of the death of Jesus, and he's brought us back to himself. So we're twice his by creation and by redemption. And you also just notice here that uh, the, whereas we ought, I suppose, in a sense, to be saying uh, that um, he will get it back, we find that actually it's in the past tense. We're going back to the salvation of Israel. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Now, why is he speaking there in the, why is Zechariah speaking in, in the past tense? He has come back, uh, and he, sorry, he has come to his people and redeemed them. When actually he's, he's saying this, he's talking about it, but it hasn't quite happened yet. The point is that it is so certain that the prophets, when they speak of this sort of situation, which is absolutely certain, uh, then they speak in the past tense. Although the event is future, he speaks about it as in the past. It is a day of salvation. That is what is happening. Uh, and uh, in fact, salvation comes twice here in the, uh, in the account of um, what Zechariah says. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us, verse 69. 71, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us, 74, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies. So his whole theme is the wonder of being rescued by God, brought back to him, and made his own person. And this is a wonderful thing. It's a mighty victory. It is a horn of salvation that has been raised up. The horn is the most fierce part of an animal, isn't it? I mean, you think of uh, a rhinoceros or something like that, and it's got this great horn. You wouldn't want to come across that in a dark night. Um, and uh, 
So, yes, this horn was a focus of strength. Here he says it's a horn of salvation. It is a sign of the Lord's strength and of his salvation toward us. He will act in power for his people. Often, this, though, initially works out differently from what we might expect. For example, he's not talking here about military might. Uh, Though the Lord is stronger than any secular ruler, and he who would come and visit and redeem his people was more powerful than any competitor, the fact is that uh, the Lord wins his victory by weakness rather than by strength. 1 Corinthians, it says this, that God chose the weak things of the world to shame the, the strong. See, uh, the Lord chose to save his people through a crucified savior. He could have uh, come at the head of a great army. Of course he could. But he chose not to do that, uh, not to do things that way, but rather by the grace of God in his weakness. And here, God's strength is seen in, in granting a child to an elderly couple. And in that we see his power to save. The message of God's power. Second, the ministry of his servant. This is verses 76 to 79. Now, verse 76 is a prophecy about John. He's going to be a prophet too. And so Zechariah says, turning to his child, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way before him. He will announce salvation in his turn, just as Zechariah did in his. Uh, John has a key role in the drama of salvation, but he himself will not deliver it. Only Jesus can do that. He alone is God's Son, sent into the world that we might live through him. John's ministry will be one of preparation, turning people's hearts back, so that when Jesus comes and speaks to them, some of them will believe because the way has already been prepared. And we see his actions of preparation in the Gospels. We haven't time to read that today, but John the Baptist appears in all the Gospels uh, at the very beginning. That's where his ministry lay. It was a unique ministry, uh, and it was a ministry of preparation. And... Turn to verse 77, where we read that uh, he was to give, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Uh, that uh, the gospel which God was sending to his people uh, essentially focuses on one great truth. Did you notice that? Knowledge of salvation, through, not the knowledge of salvation, that's, that's the first part, 
And then the second part, the forgiveness of their sins. So that um, these are two parallel statements. Salvation made known uh, is a wonderful, absolutely wonderful thing to have. To have the salvation made known to us with understanding of it so that we become believers. Uh, and the parallel statement is the forgiveness of their sins. So what is salvation all about? It is about the forgiveness of sin. We must never move away from that. Never let anyone tell you that uh, salvation is about something else. Um, I mean, there are all sorts of needs and all that kind of thing and the environment and everything else. But don't let anybody tell you that, that's got, that that is about salvation because it isn't. It's a massive human problem. It's something that's got to be uh, dealt with to some in various ways. But it is not salvation. Salvation comes through the forgiveness of our sins. And it is that and that alone that we must be holding on to. That's the wonderful truth, or the, the most wonderful truth, that we have as being people, believers in Christ. Who, verse 78, in God's tender mercy has brought the gospel to us. I love that phrase, verse 70, uh, first part of 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God. God isn't sort of standing over us. Uh, wanting to make our lives difficult. But rather, he is full of love for us and wants to show us his tender mercy. Tender mercy. Not accusing us, saying, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? But willing to forgive and rejoicing in his love. Forgiveness is a wonderful truth. The secular person has nothing to take its place. I remember years ago, I think I cut this out of a newspaper and kept it, no doubt, so that I'd be able to find it when I wanted it. Well, I couldn't find it. So, so I'm having to rely on my memory, uh, which is a little bit tricky. But I seem to remember that there was a woman called Marganita Lasky, who was uh, a sort of female philosopher type. Um, and uh, she, said, she was asked, what do you miss about the idea? She was not a Christian, quite plainly not a Christian, but uh, the interviewer said to her, what, what, what do you miss? Is there anything you miss at all through not being a Christian? She said, yes. When I do something wrong, I have got no one to forgive me. What a deprivation it is, isn't it? How can all these people around us in our parish live as though they're perfectly happy when they have no one to forgive them? When they are inevitably under the condemnation of God because they have done wrong and need above everything to have forgiveness. The final two verses really are about this. First of all, was 78 the rising sun, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. One should not imagine that the rising, rising sun has got any familiar uh, uh, sort of um, associations with uh, any place where one might go to eat one's lunch. Um, no, uh, although it's a name people like holding on to, uh, the rising sun will come to us from heaven is talking about the steadily increasing light 
as day dawns. Uh, and it's a wonderful thing it happens every day, doesn't it? That light dawns as the sun rises. Sun here, S-U-N rather than S-O-N. But the light that Zechariah speaks of is not daylight. He's not actually thinking of that. He is thinking of the light of the gospel. He is seeing in the rising sun a tremendous image. And there have been some magnificent moons recently. How much more powerful is the sun? Uh, what a glorious light that is. Well, it points to the light of the gospel. Not daylight, but the gospel. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide our feet into the way of peace. You see, the, the uh, light of the gospel shines. God has made it to shine on those living in darkness. And living under the shadow of death. Living in darkness and the shadow of death. These are two parallel statements again, aren't they? Uh, and they both show what a terrible situation it is to be in. What a bleak situation it is to be in if you haven't come to Christ and put your trust in him. But the, uh, if we have done that, then we can be sure that the Lord will guide our feet. This is the end of the, la the last line of the song. That the Lord will guide our feet into the path of peace. A torch is a useful thing, isn't it, at this time of year? Have you got a torch? Do you take a torch out with you when you go? Uh, it's very helpful. I mean, it stops you falling down potholes and uh, tripping up on pavements, etc., etc. But useful though it is, it is no comparison with the promise that the Lord will guide our feet into the path of peace. Spiritually, we need that all the time, all through the year. In those glorious summer days, just think of them for a moment, when it's hot and warm and you're in no problem of being cold at all. Uh, we need the uh, our feet guided then into the path of peace, just as much as we do uh, today in our situation now. So, there we are. The message of God's power and the ministry of God's servant. Uh, we thought what a lovely thing it was having that uh, uh, baptism, John's baptism this morning. Well, if we really commit ourselves to living uh, for the Lord, as Zechariah might have encouraged us to do, if we really embrace the message of God's power and the ministry of God's servant, then there may well be many more, I'd say there will be more people standing here and going out there to the uh, baptismal pool. Um, there will be more people doing that on the Sundays of 2003. What a glorious thing that is to look forward to. 2023, uh, what a wonderful thing that is for us to look forward to. Let us bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, we do praise you with all our hearts for the message of God's power and the ministry of God's servant, clearly understood by Zechariah. And we pray that you will grant that we too may have a clear understanding of the gospel 
and of our part in seeking to share that gospel with others so that more people may become believers and so that more will be standing before this congregation to give their testimony and to announce their commitment. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen.